This week's episode made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com. Hello, everyone. It is another Tuesday morning here in the 901, so you know what that means. It is another episode of Meanwhile in Memphis. I'm Christy Mullen, one of your co-hosts, and I'm joined by my faithful co-host. What's your name? Anna Thompson. Yes. I was about to say, what's your name? What's your sign? Come on. Let's. Wow, word. <laughs> You're on it today, girl. I, I've just had... Guys, I'm sorry. I apologize in advance. There's always that fine line between too much coffee and not enough, and I'm straddling real hard, I feel like. I mean, so I really... That's like the sweet spot Yeah, is, is what that's called. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I don't do well, obviously, in the sweet spot. I'm like, you got to tip the scales one way or the other. No. Um, but we are so happy to be here with you guys today. We have another episode the kind of episode that is really one of my favorites because it's really a full circle New Memphis moment, AT. Um, And we love to see it. Uh, We are going to have Matthew Bellow, a native Memphian and recent U of M grad who, honestly, you know what? He attended a New Memphis Speed mentoring event where he was then led to a terrific internship opportunity and given an introduction to our Accelerate program. So because of all of that, he has now landed a full-time job with one of our friends and partners and amazing, just generic, like generic general Memphis supporters, um, Mr. Daryl Cobbins with Universal Commercial. And I, th- we're going to clarify, Universal Commercial is a commercial real estate firm, uh, but I think they have a longer, more robust name. We're going to clarify that a little later today, right? I think so. Yeah. I, yeah, I think there might have been a merger or something else yeah. that I'm not super privy like, to. Well, that's what I'm like. I feel like things are always a change in Memphis, and Moving so we and try we try to stay on top of it. But you know, we can only do our best. So, at can you tell me a little bit about Mr. Dale Cobbins? Absolutely. On the other side of this um, episode today, we are going to have Daryl Cobbins, who is the president of Universal Commercial Greenwood CRE, where Matthew now works. So it really is a full circle moment. Um, he, Daryl, is a New Memphis LDI graduate and a current board of trustees member, and he is here to talk about the flip side of the experience and how up and coming talent is driving the future of our city forward. Mm-hmm. Basically, how all roads lead to the need for talent retention here in our city. So I am extraordinarily excited to hear both sides of the same (laughs) coin, both from the mentor and the mentee today, Mm -hmm. both who have great connections here with New Memphis, and they can speak to why it is so important to get out of your comfort zone and help others and be a continuous learner. Absolutely. And they're so, both of them are so passionate. And it's like palpable yeah it's palpable and it's just such a cool experience when that extends generationally uh you know like Daryl and um, Matthew are very much different gens and it's just so cool to see how that same passion and just aliveness exists within them in the same way which is so cool like it's it's a little bit eerie if if it wasn't so like magical and cool it would be a little creepy but like they are they're both so like their faces just light up when they talk about yes. our city and we love to see it here at New Memphis. It's all it's all it's what we love to do. It's why we do this show and why we're so grateful, so so grateful to WYXR for giving us this platform every week to come to you live. So I think we should roll into it, AT. Let's get this party started. Okay, okay, let's go. 
right, welcome Matthew to the studio. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Uh, we're doing great. We're thriving over here on a Tuesday morning. We are. I <laughs> um, haven't had quite enough coffee yet today. That's always the um, case. I feel like I feel like I've always had too much, and you've always had not enough. I've never had enough. I'm like, is there <laughs> enough coffee at this point in the world? We may never know. Um, but Matthew, we are so happy to have you here today. You are relatively brand spanking new member of the Memphis workforce in a way, um, in a full time capacity. Correct? Yes, that's correct. I uh, just got on uh, with Mr. Cobbins at Universal Commercial in the top of February. Oh, we love that. Mr. Daryl Cobbins, who is a great friend and board member of New Memphis. So, is adulthood everything you dreamed of? It's uh, <laughs> a loaded question, <laughs> Christy. I, I meant for it to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it, it's definitely been an experience. Yeah. Good answer. <laughs> you know, uh, being in college, uh, you do everything to prepare for you know getting a job mm-hmm. and you know becoming a full-time employee right uh, and when you graduate you still don't quite know mm-hmm. um, exactly what you want to do yeah. that's why most students like you know go to higher education mm-hmm. or go to law school it's like I don't know school. what to do more school yeah, yeah. <laughs> more school so yeah um, but yeah it, it's, it's been an experience uh, there's only so much a textbook can teach you, too, which is the hard part that I found personally about when I graduated college. It was like, great to have all the textbook knowledge. Now what? Yeah, like exactly. now, now I got to go use it. And that looks so different for everybody. Exactly. And um, when I when I graduated from college, I found myself trying to reconnect with connections I made mm-hmm. in college. And it's actually how I ended up, you know, running into the new Memphis program. Um, uh I was a part of the Benjamin L. Hooks Institute for Social mm-hmm. Change, um, yes. and I was the president of Hamey for a while, okay. and I reconnected with a the director over there, Miss um, Rory Trimble, mm-hmm. and she connected me with um, Elise Taylor at yeah. the at, in New Memphis. Yeah. yeah. And um, after that, you know, I just got connected. I um, just got uh, this overwhelming amount of information about you know. <laughs> Uh, just the different opportunities I had all across Memphis, and it, and it really like just stir up stirred up a passion within me to say, oh yeah, Memphis has what I need, mm-hmm. um, and New Memphis has the tools in order to give me what I need. Oh, uh, we love to hear. I know. That. Gosh, music to our ears this morning. And you you're a native Memphian, correct? Yeah, correct, correct. So that's that's a very interesting thing to hear from you as someone who has was born here and who has lived here and gone to school here. Um, what made you want to stay in Memphis for this whole trajectory from honestly birth to career at this point? Yeah, so I initially wasn't going to stay in Memphis mm-hmm. uh, for college. I initially wanted to go out of state to get the exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, but last minute, something happened in regards to my family and I wanted to stay close. Mm-hmm. Yeah close to the city, close to my family, make sure uh, that everything was okay uh, and that I could support them in any capacity that Mm -hmm. I could support them at the time while I was in college. Uh, So that was a real major reason Mm -hmm. as to why I stayed. Um, In in relation to getting exposure, I I feel like I still got that exposure in Memphis. Um, My college experience wasn't um, might I say normal, like I I was in a lot of things, I was doing a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that allowed me to get the exposure that I would have 
gotten if I was going to a college out of state. Yeah, I love that. It's so interesting, too, because I feel like uh, we talk a lot about stereotypes on our podcast lately in the past couple episodes, if you're a, um, an avid listener. And I do feel like a stereotype of University of Memphis is that it's like a commuter school and that, you know, it's kind of hard to get involved. But I feel like you're the prime example of why that's actually not the case. Like, there's plenty of opportunity at wonderful U of M. And you were super duper involved. You've already listed just a couple of the things, but is there anything else you want to make sure everybody knows about that you were a part of? Yeah, yeah. I was a part of the Econ Club, uh, Tissel. Um, what else I was a part of? I was a part of a, the Memphis Grizzly. I'm actually doing it now, Memphis Grizzly Mentoring. Oh, the mentor program. Yeah, they're good um, friends of ours. Yeah. Uh, wow. I'm, probably some ones that I'm forgetting off the top of my head. <laughs> and you also went to class. Yeah, so. also went to <laughs> yeah. class. Yeah, also went to class. Also, I... You know, tapping into the the like professors, like mm-hmm. knowing that you know they're there to serve you and be essentially mentors. Uh, so that was one of the things that I uh, found very uh, useful during my college college career. It's just me being able to connect with mentor, uh, mm-hmm. connect with professors that eventually became mentors yeah. for me, um, and just uh, solidifying those relationships over a period of time. And in using those relationships, it's essentially to uh, get to other places and do other things. So, uh, yeah, that's that. That definitely kind of uh, kind of wraps up or. Yeah, wraps like up puts that in a little yeah. bow. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I love it. Connectivity definitely led you to us um, mm-hmm. eventually. Like all those connections, all of those things you were forging led you to New Memphis eventually. And I know we touched on that a little bit. Um, but you were connected to our collegiate engagement work. I know you attended some events of ours that eventually led you to being part of our Accelerate cohort. So uh, you are the person who went through it. Talk to us a little bit about your experience. You know, what do you feel it really helped you develop and do? Yeah, yeah. So my accelerated experience, and I can, uh, I think, at least can attest to this, <laughs> is that um, it wasn't. It was not traditional. Mm-hmm. So I was already graduated from college, mm-hmm. uh, and everybody there except me <laughs> who was a, current, <laughs> was a yeah. college student. Um, and, and it and it really it gave me insight on you know putting putting myself in their shoe. Like what what was I doing? What was I mm-hmm. thinking about when I was in that stage of my life? Yeah. Um, and, and and making sure that I was part of me was part of me being a, a resource to them or mm-hmm. helping them. I know that there's there's actually there's actually a point in the in the um, process or the uh, when we were when we were in one of our sessions yeah. that I actually recommended one of the students uh, do this internship and she actually got the internship oh, that's awesome. um, by just a friend that I knew um, and, and just just giving them advice mm-hmm. or certain situations. It just just it was a whole change of perspective perspective for me. It was like more or less being a leader or how to be a leader. Um, so that that really helped me throughout that process when I was in the Accelerate program. It really helped me just build those leadership skills. Um, so yeah, that that's that's yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like it ultimately helped you accelerate? Yeah. Uh, no pun intended. In your yeah. career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Most definitely, it did help me accelerate. Uh, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it helped me accelerate. It helped me uh, gain those gain certain skills that I, mm-hmm. I didn't have. Yeah. Um, you know, during that process, I was actually in an internship um, for master development. Mm-hmm. I was in an internship, and and it helped me kind of, you know gain certain uh, development skills uh, for that as well. Awesome. Uh, so it just really helped me overall just to, to develop into the person or the, uh, the yeah. person I am today. I love or it. person I am becoming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, so one of those connections that you made uh, through your relationship with New Memphis is the wonderful, the one and only Mr. <laughs> Daryl Cobbins, who um, our listeners will hear from shortly. But how is it that you met him and how did that relationship grow? So I met Daryl um, Viva, a, a law professor at the University of Memphis. His name is Professor Daniel Kill. And uh, he connected me with Daryl because he he saw that, you know, I was interested in mm-hmm. development. I was interested in really making a change for the city or for the city in, in the development space and connected me with Daryl. Daryl mentored me. Mm, um, a mentor moment. Yeah, another mentor moment. Yeah, uh, Daryl mentored me through the process of me having an internship I referred to you earlier today, earlier on, um, mentored me. And uh, after at the, at the end of the internship, he offered me a position. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's safe to say it, history, yeah, he made. Yeah, the, here we are yeah, because we of are. all of that. So yeah. how, how are you liking your um, your role now working for at his at his company, Universal Commercial? Yeah, right? talk to us a little bit about what you do. Yeah, what I'm is your day job? So, yeah, I'm a real estate analyst. So uh, I do a lot of things <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. I do a lot of things. So um, we uh, we sur- we survey uh, we we look at the market. We look mm-hmm. at sub markets. We help um, our um, clients find real estate all across yeah. the city of Memphis. Uh, sometimes in uh, cities or states adjacent to Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, so and, and doing a lot of research on um, just different areas and sub markets across Memphis. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of research. It's a lot of data gathering. Yeah. It's a lot of um, just client interaction. Uh, making sure the clients are up to date on um, the, you know the process of their transaction. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what I do in a kind of a nutshell. Yeah. But I, I'm enjoying. I was I was say, yeah. A busy guy. Following up on AT's point, though, do you do you love it? Do yeah, you yeah, like it? yeah. I love it. I love it. It's giving me a lot of exposure uh, to a lot of projects in the city of Memphis I wouldn't have known about otherwise. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a, a little um, aha moment for me too because when I was a a new to the workforce here in Memphis, uh, Sears Crosstown was not yet. refurbished I guess so we were going on a tour Um, so shout out to Greg Akers who is the um, editor over at Memphis Business Journal he was my boss at Contemporary Media and we were going on a tour of the Sears Crosstown before it got renovated so like I was like okay well where do I meet you and he was like well you meet me at the at the Sears at, at the building and I said okay well where is it is there like a landmark you can tell me it's near and he went well, the Sears building is the landmark <laughs> that you would need to. And I was like, oh, OK. And I was like, OK, new to the workforce, like new to like different areas of town. And I'm a native Memphian myself. And yet I still didn't know of the Sears Crosstown building. I was like, AT, you're from here. But it had been closed <laughs> yeah, by the time so that yeah. I would have known about it. And so I was like, oh, I guess I just didn't recognize and so that was a really cool experience but it just reminded me when you were like yeah I get to like be privy to all these projects that are going on that a lot of times the common like citizen around Memphis may not know about until it's like a big splashy front page acquisition yes yes exactly exactly. (laughs) so you're in the know yes so I want to know um kind of what has been the most surprising thing to you entering the workforce in this full-time capacity like what have you just been kind of like oh I didn't know this was going to be my life at this time. <laughs> it's definitely uh, tricky managing your time, mm-hmm. um, considering, you know, you have to make sure that every client has, uh, 
you have to touch a, a, every client in the same type of that same capacity. Right. You want everybody to feel like they are um, your number one the priority. Top priority, absolutely. Yeah, your number one yeah. priority. So just managing that and making sure that um, you're 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 meeting the client's needs. You're not ignoring them. You're you're making sure that they're um, you they're they're needs are met in every in every way that's that's just been uh that's been tricky for me but it's also been very rewarding at the same time because um clients love it yeah when you're yeah you, you when get, you're attentive you're, when you're attentive <laughs> clients love it they remember you um mm-hmm. and you're able to just and, and it's like a network you don't where they won't forget you absolutely to a certain extent it's definitely approaching through like a customer service lens. Mm-hmm. So I tell anyone who has ever had to work with public facing at all, that knowledge will go with you further than almost any other knowledge that you will ever possess. Like you learning to deal with different clientele and different um, people's personalities, which oftentimes vary. Um, that is knowledge that will help you if you stay at um, with Daryl forever or when you go into your next venture. Uh, that is stuff you will take with you. So hold tight to that <laughs> in a big way. Is there anything you kind of, in hindsight, now that you're in the workforce, is there kind of anything that you wish you had known um, before entering? Like, is there something you wish you would have been taught or had access to? Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big prepper. Uh, <laughs> we love a planner. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? I'm a big prepper, and I, I want to make sure that, you know, I, I know uh, just pretty much the ins and outs of what I'm going to get into. Mm-hmm. Um for me, at least, I feel like there's nothing that, nothing more than I could, nothing more I could have done mm-hmm. in, in order to prep myself for this particular part of my life. Um, just only because the experiences that, that I'm gaining, it's it's no way that I could, it's no nothing I can see that can that can kind of replicate that, like right. to really inform me. But I can, but I can say that, you know, New Memphis and the the tools that you know, we were taught throughout our the classes and sessions that we we've we had yeah. has definitely to a certain extent like um, helped me cultivate certain skills in the workforce a little bit faster than I would have normally would have normally done right. if I didn't um, if I didn't go through that program. You could say it accelerated those yeah, skills. Exa- yeah. Oh, my word. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> As someone, I'm like, who helped name the program? I'm like, come on, give it <laughs> to me. I don't know that you need any more coffee this morning, <laughs> Christy. I think I think you're ro- rocking Look, and rolling. I'm just trying to be as punny as we can for the people <laughs> listening, AT. <laughs> well, give the people what they want. Um, so what would be your advice to other students listening when it comes to putting themselves out there and getting involved? Because you were in obviously very involved, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would number one, just you know, don't be afraid uh, to to go up to the person or you're in an event. Don't be afraid to go mm-hmm. up to anybody and anybody that you find that you're interested in the career and ask questions. Just ask as many questions as you can, um, and people love that people in those careers they love that they love we love ask initiative question. yeah love initiative you love when you ask questions you're interested in what they do and they're willing to help nine times out of ten they'll be willing to help if you take the initiative and ask questions emailing i've done tons of emails during this uh period in time where you know co- during covid that that's literally i graduated uh during covid yeah. so it was just you know just our just apologies <laughs> it's a tough time yeah so completely completely dormant yeah. during that time but i still found myself you know um t- 
typing up emails, making sure that I stay connected. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been one of the, the, that's actually the number one thing I would recommend um, individuals do is just, you know, just find that person. Find, find that person that's doing the thing you want to do mm-hmm. and try to reach out to them in any way you can. And just be, um, Daryl always says, uh, persistently, uh, cons- persistently consistent or um, politely consistent. I'm sorry. <laughs> politely consistent. Politely yeah. consistent. Okay. Yes. I like it. I like it too. Because I think the thing that's interesting hearing your side of that is that a lot of the... Um, like mentors that we talk to are always like, you know, the thing I really love to see in young people is initiative. Like I can teach them to do what I do, whatever that is, whatever sector they're in, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, skill set, whatever career it is that you're looking for. But having that initiative and being brave enough to go up and be like, hey, I'm so-and-so and I'm interested in what you do. Like, can you tell me about it? That right there is already setting you off in a great, a great foot. Yes, yes, I totally agree. And it shows that you have passion for the work. It, it shows that you're willing to put your pride to the side and, you know, do whatever it takes to get as much exposure mm-hmm. as you can. And and that can't be um, taught. Exactly. You just have to have it. You yeah. Have to. It's in your soul. You just have to have it. And, and that's one of the things that, you know, I, I found myself, you know, having to do. Like, it's not a... It's not a choice that I make. It's like I have to get to where I want to go, mm-hmm. and I, I will do that um, in any way I can. Uh, and that's that's how I ended yeah. up in the position yeah. that I am now. Is it's 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 because of that. It's that that passion and, and the love for the city and the love for the community and the things that I saw growing up and knowing that I have a voice and I can make a change. I love it. I think that leads effortlessly into my next question for you, which is, you know, what is your favorite thing about Memphis and being a Memphian? Because you just spoke about that passion and love for the city. So yeah, yeah. So um, I love the barbecue. I love the downtown. <laughs> I love uh, Cooper Young area. But you know, um, what I love the most about Memphis is the potential Memphis has. Uh, it, I I always say, I always think about like. If I had to be born in any mm-hmm. other time, it would be born in the exact place. I was perfectly placed at this particular period of time. I per- graduated at the perfect period of time where so much stuff for Memphis is on the horizon and I'm able to be a part of it. Mm. And that's such a blessing for me. Like, I love that. Um, and able to get exposed to it all. And it's just so much potential and I, so much potential in Memphis. In, in every part of Memphis. It's so, yeah. No, you're absolutely on the right track because you are also a part of that potential. You are the next gen entering the workforce and that can lead the changes that are on the horizon, but someone's gotta take the ball and run with it. And that's where you guys come in and why it's so important, not only to New Memphis, but I know Daryl would agree and a bunch of our partners would agree in investing in the talent and while we do the collegiate work, we know that we're not going to be here forever. Me and AT are only millennials, and we even know, like, it is you guys who are going to be leading the change next. 
Um, so it's so cool to hear you talk about the potential that you're so excited about and seeing because I very much see that potential in you. I do. Um, I love that it. passion. That passion mm-hmm. for our city. Again, that's like another thing like the initiative. It's it's really hard to teach that. I mean, <laughs> it really is. You, you either love Memphis or you, you kind of don't. Yeah. And I mean, we here think that there are so many reasons to celebrate our city. And I feel like you would side with us on that because you're smiling over here. Um, I have to ask a couple of quick questions. So, Are you when, talking about a lightning round, AD? I might be, <laughs> which is um, my office mate Aaron's favorite part of these episodes. Um, so let me see. What is your favorite way to work? Do you like to work from home, in office, or a little bit of both? So like a hybrid. A little bit of both. You know, I found myself working from home for the most part of the beginning of my professional career, mm-hmm. but... I also um, love to experience, like, I love to be around people Mm -hmm. and collaborate, and I love to bounce ideas off of individuals. Um, So I feel like a hybrid, like, option if I had it. um, Would be ideal. Yeah, it would be ideal. Right there Uh, with you. What I I ended up actually doing during uh, uh, my time, uh, you know, just working at home is... uh, you know, going. I, I live around the around the like up the street from the Dixon. Okay. Uh, so I go to the Dixon, and I'll uh, be surrounded by all this art and inspiration, and I'll just work, and, and it keeps it drives me. And I've I've gotten the chance to like meet all these amazing people at the Dixon, and and it kind of goes back to the point where, you know, people see and notice like the passion that you have, like in consistency, and they'll start talking to you, mm-hmm. and you'll make connections viva that like you can just be consistent and then people in a, in a public and then people will just notice like and that's just the crazier part about everything it's just like like connections and relationships can be made that authentically mm-hmm. uh, and that's an amazing thing to experience in real time uh, and I'm, I'm glad and fortunate enough to have that in me uh, yeah. to do that I love that I love that that's like so a backup, if you if you don't really have, if you don't find yourself having a lot of initiative and you're a little bit nervous to walk up to people and like ask those questions from the jump, position yourself in a public place where other people might see you. I feel like that's a, that, that could be like plan B for the, for the initiative is like position yourself in a public place where other people will notice you and talk to you too. Yep. Always yes. ask for advice. That is my, so I, had, I used to work in fundraising. I still work in a fundraising capacity here at New Memphis, but most on the marketing side and um pitbull actually has uh my favorite <laughs> advice which is ask for money get advice ask for advice get money twice um people that is the best way to introduce yourself to people in any capacity whether you're fundraising whether you're a college student and you're like i don't know how to talk to a mentor go ask them for advice you know other people are leading experts in stuff you don't know people love to answer questions lead with a question that is my advice to everyone listening today just go up to them and be like hey how did you start doing what you do done you made a connection you're starting to transform memphis through that and it gives people the warm fuzzies exactly it, it makes people feel real excited yes. to be able to impart wisdom i'm like upon. who me yeah <laughs> like, it kind of you know not that we're trying to like stroke people's egos that way but like it kind of does give you that like little rush of endorphins where you're like oh i am worthy of depart- imparting my wisdom upon you sure i would love to make this connection and everybody knows something that you don't know Absolutely. at the end of that you don't even have to be an expert like 
you know firsthand, you know telling how many people you've asked questions at this point that were able to impart knowledge to you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't actually put a number on yeah. it. The amount of people that have asked questions to and just just been willing and able to um, just have sp- um, make time for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everything that I'm saying in this podcast has been imparted to me by somebody, mm-hmm. a mentor. Uh, a family member, someone that I ask a question to. Um, and, you know, that's how you build. Uh, you don't start, you know, you don't start at 100. You, you start at, you know, you start at the ground floor and then you build up from there. And over time, you'll see yourself a new person. You'll see that you're a new person, that you're developed, that you're, you're no longer uh, that same individual that, you know, that was so anxious about like you know just asking questions and and uh bushy bushy tailed and bushy eyed um and that you'll that you'll hopefully one day be able to impart some of that wisdom and continue that cycle yeah um and and definitely coming from uh where i came from the experiences that i had i'm excited about being able to do just that Mm -hmm. um the circle of life of that mentorship you want to be the next that drives you yeah. yeah I love it. Um, so I love too the way you said that you build up like one brick at a time. I have to make like the connection to the commercial real estate. Too. <laughs> that made me giggle a little. So I apologize. And you want to talk about me? <laughs> I know, but that was uh, maybe the worst lightning round we've ever done because it was only one question and then we went off. But I love it. I like and where it went. I know. I'm here I will for take it. it. I will take it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Matthew. This was so a del- you were such a delight, and you imparted so much. Again, what did I just say? You just imparted so much wisdom to us. Um, so we're leaving here better knowing how to support collegians, former collegians, sorry, like you, and those entering the workforce. So as At said, thank you for being here. It was my pleasure. Thank you all. Thank you, New Memphis. The man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Daryl Cobbins, is here in studio with us. Um, Got, like from economic developments to supporting our communities with our boots on the ground nonprofits, you do so much to make the 901 thrive. And I'm just very excited that we got you here in the studio today. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. I usually come when people ask. <laughs> <laughs> when summoned. When someone calls. <laughs> so, like I said, you are such an advocate for the Memphis community. And I'm just curious, like, how did you become that? Where did the passion for that start really early for you? Yes, um, <clears throat> my family uh, on my mother's side really raised my my brother and I. Um, we were the only children mm-hmm. amongst her six siblings or well, five siblings and my grandparents, so we got a lot of attention. Both a good and a bad thing. That's I'm sure. right. We, we got, All eyes on you. <laughs> but we were. I mean, my family was really involved civically. Um, you know, across that whole spectrum of of family members, mm-hmm. and so growing up, we were. You know, we were dragged to more things than the <laughs> typical child is, yeah. from the arts to politics to church to, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, education, just all these things. We were always, um, you know, being taken somewhere and being exposed to Memphis and all of its many facets at a really young age. So, yeah. you know, that to me would, would be sort of the cultivation process that I had growing up. and. It was never spoken, but I just knew that there was an expectation right. that, that we be involved and that we contribute however we could in the same way. Interesting. So taking that passion, so you're a native Memphian. Absolutely. Correct. You grew up yeah. in White Whitehaven, Whitehaven. I believe. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. like, 
that passion that you had, how did you kind of transform that in your career that eventually led you to work on the commercial real estate side of things? Yeah. Um, so I credit uh, being bold enough to apply to Leadership Memphis when I was maybe 22 years mm, old. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was doing it to because my, my mom's sister had gone through, I think she was in the second class of Leadership Memphis in like the oh, yeah. late 70s, early 80s or something like that. So, you know, I knew that that organization could um, expose me and put me in contact with people who were really instrumental in leading the city. And I knew that that was something I wanted to do in addition mm-hmm. to my work, you know, okay. professional work. And so I, I was, lo and behold, accepted. And so at the age of 22, I was in class with folks twice my age. I was but about then to say, also, I'm thinking about me at 22, and I'm like, yeah. I don't know if I could do that, Daryl. <laughs> I know. But I they were so, so many just civic leaders from business people to, you know, the president of the Junior League, mm-hmm. the um, treasurer for the city of Memphis. And so it, it you know, put me in this environment that gave me confidence that I can understand and impact things in the city. And so having that experience at a really young age put me on this path of both career work and civic work. Mm -hmm. And ultimately they come, came together and intertwined to where, you know, some people don't even know what I do for a living. They just (laughs) know that I go to, Go to meetings and you do all the things. things. Yeah, seems like you're, you're a man. Oh, of- you do real estate? Wow, I never knew. <laughs> you do all the other things that I've heard. That's you right. know, you're you're a man about town. You're on a lot of boards and yeah. a lot of wonderful yeah. service to our community. Yeah, you know, for a long time I had a hard time saying no. So <laughs> I, I know was, the, uh, those feels all too well. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, as I've matured and become a parent, and you're giving me hope. Yeah, uh, I've gotten more, yeah, just more intentional and judicious mm-hmm. about those things that I involve myself with and um, that give me some joy in being a yeah. part of. I think that's so interesting that you talk about like the coming together because I feel like what you do in commercial real estate is kind of economic development, capital investment, business growth, and even expansion all kind of funneling into mm-hmm. what we know as commercial real estate. Mm-hmm. So for those listening, can you kind of give us a level set of like what commercial real estate even is? Sure. Because, um, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's people like, yeah. what's the difference between that and residential real estate? <laughs> right. yeah. Like, Yeah, commercial real estate involves commerce. Okay. And so that's where that term comes into play. You know what? That makes sense. Yeah, because... <laughs> Christy's um, like, and I bet people actually did know that <laughs> now. <laughs> hey, I d- Look, I'm learning. Well, it um, <laughs> involves spaces where business businesses do their business. Mm-hmm. And so if it's a restaurant, they're typically in a retail space. Yeah. If it's a professional service business, they're typically in an office space. Okay. If it's a manufacturing business, they're typically in a warehouse space. If it's a healthcare business, they're typically in a sort of medical office, office type space, of setting. Yeah. So all of those, uh, what we call property types, mm-hmm. office, retail, uh, warehouse, industrial, uh, multifamily land, they all fall under this banner of commercial real estate. See, I did and, not know all of those fall under that banner. Yeah, and that's the, that's the most basic definition. Yeah, no, definitely. That uh, juxtaposes it to residential, which is mainly 
single family housing market, yeah, yeah single family home dwellings. What most people know as real estate mm-hmm. market when okay. more commonly talked about. See, mm-hmm. I think we're, uh, I guarantee you people are learning something today, sure. and not just not just me. <laughs> um, so, but I think all of that. I wanted to do that kind of level set because yeah. you spoke to that funnel, and it kind of led you. You started in the commercial real estate space but then you all like i think in 2007 were kind of led to create your own with universal commercial yeah like yeah, i need of, come on talk to me about yeah, it like I how kind of stumbled into it how actually. did you take a leap off of that <laughs> yeah what made you want to start your own company well you know i grew up in a residential real estate family my mm, grandfather yes i did read that yeah he had a real estate company for 50 years very uh, prominent I don't, I, I don't know if i'll make it that long um <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, you know, just sort of the entrepreneurial aspect of real estate was always in the back of my mind okay. as I was even even in the early stages of my yeah. career. I knew one day I might want to do my own thing. Yeah, you definitely have to have the spirit for it, I feel yeah. like, to take that on. If you could see his face right now, <laughs> listeners, he, he wholeheartedly agrees with that right. sentiment. So um, a good friend of mine and my brothers who we went to high school with, a guy named Andy Cates, and there, oh, are, there yeah. are a couple of Andy Cates's in Memphis. Yes, there are. The, yes, there this are. This is the Soulsville uh, Cates family. Gotcha, gotcha. Helped bring the Grizzlies to town, Andy Cates. You um, know, that Andy Cates. Yeah. <laughs> so he um, he asked me to go to lunch one day and just asked me, you know, how long do you plan on being where you are? Um, you know, you've talked about doing your own thing one day. What if there was an opportunity for you to do it sooner rather than later? Mm-hmm. Long story short, he and um, his brother, Staley, had civically acquired the Crosstown building, Mm. uh, the Sears Crosstown building, and had it in mind to be a new home for a Christian college that existed in Memphis at the time that's now defunct called Crichton College. Uh So it would be like a vertical campus for them, like an NYU type of setup. And... Uh, so they were going through the process of acquiring the property, and they wanted someone to focus on acquiring property around it as sort of a buffer to be able to you know, have some say-so about mm-hmm. this ultimate investment that was going to be made. So Andy suggested, why don't you start your own company? We'll be your first client. Um, we'll be your first client for three years. How cool, yeah. <laughs> and then you build from there you know, your, um, you know, what you plan to do. And so, uh, long story short, having known him for all those years and knowing the family and trusting them, um, decided to start my own company with them as my first client, yeah. <laughs> which is a blessing because otherwise, I don't know when I would have done it because yeah. I didn't, you know, I didn't come from an ultra wealthy family, and typically you have to save up and you to have to it, have yeah. a business plan and all these things. Gotta have some seed money, is essentially, to exactly. start things like that. And so being able to step out knowing that you've got a client for the mm-hmm. next three years gave me a lot of confidence to do it. Yeah. And um, that was 15 years ago now. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you joke about the 50, but I mean, you're chipping away at it. I like it. <laughs> I'm a third of the way there. Um, so looking back, what piece of advice do you wish that you could have given um, younger you in 2007? Mm. I would say my advice would have been to have a partner. Mm. Okay. I think, you know, I did so much by myself, individually, and 
Um, you know, it was a lot. Yeah. I, I equated it to running down the street and trying to put your pants on at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. And so in partnerships, I think, ideally, you'll, you'll have one or more, I mean, two or more people who balance each other out in some mm-hmm. way, have different skill sets, have different strengths, and that when I'm doing my best at what I'm best at, he or she is doing their best at what they're Correct. best at. And, you know, it all works together, and there's not one single individual shouldering mm-hmm. the entire load. And so if I could go back, I would tell myself, get a partner, have a partner in this, because it um, it's a lot for one individual to have to think about and plan and execute on everything Absolutely. as you... Um, as you try to build and grow. Gosh, yeah. I feel like you're directly talking to me. I know. Well, like the full scope of everything resting on your shoulders. It's just, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it is. To try to be um, the executor and the innovator at the same time. That's like right. that's, that is a lot. Yeah. And, you know, to do the work and still be involved civically. And, you mm-hmm. know, it's just a, it's a juggling act. And uh, thankfully, about five years ago, you know, I added a, um, a number two who balances me out. Good. And he's very sort of focused in-house while I can be focused in-house and out-house. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so that, um, you know, just so that, you know, things are getting done and things are moving forward as, um, as um, you know, as you go day by day and executing on what you do. Absolutely. It's kind of um, a juggling of priorities. Mm -hmm. Like it's learning. I feel like the older I get, I'm like learning. Okay. There are multi priorities running all in tandem Mm -hmm. at once. And so they all can't be priority number one. And so I think you're a really good example of that Mm -hmm. and how you still are civically, politically involved, Mm -hmm. um, but you still run a thriving company Mm -hmm. in Memphis. Um, So I'm kind of curious, what is your favorite part? about that like you get to wake up every day go to this company that you founded and started what is your favorite part of what you get to do every day my favorite part is when we have successfully achieved an outcome for a client that entrusted us with their their real estate need Mm -hmm. and i'll give you a a recent example i was like uh, please i love stories junior achievement of memphis in the mid-south had a building downtown that they'd occupied for the past 20 years, asked us to help them sell it just at the beginning of the pandemic. Ooh. And, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Tall order. You know, and I mean, literally at the beginning, like March of 20. And so ooh. all that came about, and, you know, and uh, it's so vivid to me. I would just remember that, you know, that April, May, Mm-hmm. people weren't even leaving the house. Mm-mm. So selling a piece of property was just like, you know, so outside unfathomable. Of yeah, yeah. Because people have to come see and tour. And, yeah. And so thankfully, uh, that fall, so let's just say six months later, uh, when things had loosened up and people were more comfortable, a buyer came along and we ultimately ended up selling the building and allowing them to take those resources and put them towards a new location. And then they said, help us find our new location. Mm -hmm. And so we were fortunate over another probably six or seven months that we um, were able to locate the facility in Binghampton um, that used to be a grocery store. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. that they will now pump several million dollars into that facility <clears throat> right there in the heart of Binghampton and bring their mission right. and services and, and um, you know, just a great gathering place for young people in education and financial empowerment and entrepreneurship right there in that community. So in hindsight, when I look back at that, I say, that is so rewarding yeah. that you that we were able to help that organization <clears throat> go through those multiple steps to now be in the position that they wanted to be in where they can impact absolutely the broader community. So that to me is my favorite thing about what we do is when you're able to look back and see how you helped a business or a nonprofit or an organization be successful at the end of the day through your real estate service. Yeah, you're creating that lasting impact, which mm-hmm. I think when people hear commercial real estate, that's not the first thing that springs to mind. Oh, no. You no. know, like you just think, oh, buildings, cool. Um, buildings and signs. Correct. People, people think, I don't see your signs anywhere in town. <laughs> well, we don't, you know, not, not, to, get, not yeah. to get too technical, yeah. but we work on the side of commercial real estate where we work with organizations Absolutely. that are trying to get something done. We don't have an inventory of 100 properties that we're trying to sell or lease. Yeah, so I gotcha. You won't see our signs around town as much as you see other people. Yeah, it's about that. I mean, I know I said lasting impact already, but that's really what it's about. And it's about you guys' interactions with your clientele and what you're making possible for them. Mm-hmm. And you've had such a long career at this point. Um, to just kind of piggyback off that question, what is one of the proudest moments of your career and like one of your fondest memories of something you've gotten to be a part of so far? Having had the opportunity to work with my brother, mm-hmm. uh, who's no longer with us, um, he actually had gotten licensed in real estate way before I did. Oh, really? Uh, when he was young, just out of college, and he worked with my grandfather in his business for a while. Okay. And then he took some other career paths. Yeah, just <laughs> tried out different stuff. <laughs> that were circuitous, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, at one point, he came and worked with me for about two years, and um, you know it was a good good feeling for mm-hmm. us to be working together and sort of continuing the legacy of <clears throat> my grandfather and my mother, who worked for my grandfather in real estate. So to be a third generation, um, you know, real estate professional yeah. alongside my brother was really um, empowering and encouraging and inspiring. Definitely something to be proud of when you yeah. carry on a legacy that was started by someone in your family. Mm-hmm. It almost, it's not to say that you have to do that it, by any means, but right. when you get to do it and it fits and yeah. it works, it's just so cool. Yeah. Um, now, okay. I didn't go into residential. Really. I, was I know. Say, I know. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I tweaked it just a little bit. Yes. <laughs> the open houses on weekends, I just knew were not for me. So. I love that you have that awareness. You have that <laughs> right. self-awareness about yourself. Um, so you're um, a big believer big believer in making Memphis a better place in general, Mm -hmm. but um, you're also specially interested in our next gen, those people who will be following in your footsteps. Um, So Matthew Bello was a guest earlier on the show Mm -hmm. and his trajectory through our work and connecting with you and now working for your company is Mm -hmm. a testament to that. And it was really exciting for us to see in a tangible way, like the mentor mentee relationship Mm -hmm. and how it's impacting our city. Mm -hmm. So why do you believe it's so crucial for current leaders to support and engage the next generation in the workforce? Well, they're, they're our future leaders. Um, Business-wise, civic-wise, um, 
nonprofit leadership, grassroots leadership. You know, I, I just look back on my own journey and see where um, folks who were ahead of me mm-hmm. in their journeys thought enough of me to give me an opportunity, give me advice, to give me direction, to get me involved in something. And I feel like we're all um, responsible and accountable to do the same thing. And and that is what makes Memphis the city that it is, is when you're able to have that continuous transfer of commitment, mm-hmm. of knowledge, of involvement, and of leadership. And I remember I was speaking to um, a group, um, the chamber has a young professional Yeah, a young group. professionals council, mm-hmm. YPC. And uh, Phil Trinary, who had gotten me involved with the chamber from a board standpoint many years ago there was a gathering of that group and we were there and he asked me to have some comments to them and one of the things that I said to that group that's applicable to your question is at every point in Memphis's history there have been citizens who stood up and helped deal with the challenges of that time and advance the ball forward so if you think about the yellow fever epidemic mm-hmm. when Memphis was... About to lose its yeah cityhood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. There were a group of citizens like Robert Church and others mm-hmm. who stepped up, re- helped reconstitute the city so that it could move forward. If you think about um, after the assassination of Dr. King, all the folks who created MIFA and, and other civic leaders um, decided that we needed to sort of band together and move forward through that tragedy. And so my point in that was that we are all the stewards of our time. Mm-hmm. And so even today, we know Memphis has some challenges. Absolutely. And um, and some, you know, some highlights. And so it's our job to wrestle with those and get to the next phase of Memphis's uh, evolution uh, while involving you know, young people and and people who are learning along the way. And so I I wanted to share that with them just to give them a paradigm for how they can exist in a city like Memphis where you have to balance out the the challenges Mm -hmm. with the the highlights and that we all have a role to play in helping, you know, move the city through those periods. It's so interesting to hear you talk about that, too, because earlier Matthew was talking about how he's so excited about the potential of our city mm-hmm. and how he really believes that he was, you know, put in the right place and time oh, in yeah. the right city to be able to be one of those change makers. And Absolutely. so I love I love hearing that from like both the mentor side yeah. and the mentee yeah. side. It's it's really exciting to see how that's kind of shaping the way that he is yeah. moving through his early career. And that's right. Well, Matthew was introduced to me by um, Dr. Daniel mm-hmm. Keel, who's a professor over at the uni- law professor over at the University of Memphis, and for probably eight or nine months, you know, I would just talk with Matthew and we would interface. There was nothing about profession or career or anything. I was just giving him guidance on yeah. how to navigate. And one of the things I suggested to him was that he get involved civically with organizations like New Memphis and, and others so that he could build his relationships and begin to understand all these puzzle pieces that aren't necessarily apparent right. if you don't have some guidance. Right. And so 
um, early this year, you know, we were talking and we decided, you know, you can come work with us, help us. And even if you're not interested in commercial real estate long term, you'll get some exposure, mm -hmm. you'll get some experience, you can build up your resume with some new skills and have some new perspective professionally mm -hmm. that you can leverage in going forward. And so, you know, making that opportunity available is, um, you know, just something that came naturally to me to say, you know, yeah. let's help you move further down the line from where you are. So many things I want to touch on that you just mm -hmm. said. One, the fact that you were giving him this opportunity to get skills knowing that he won't necessarily be with you guys mm -hmm. forever. Mm -hmm. I think that is a big testament and something we're seeing as this new generation is entering the workforce mm -hmm. is like they need that. Mm -hmm. They're figuring out where they want to exist and what they want to do and having connections to people like you who are willing to foster that right. is of crucial importance because it's going to get them where they want to go and get them in the right seat that's right and I just think that through line of connection everything you spoke into from your relationship with Andy and Staley and how that that relationship is what fostered you to launch your own company mm -hmm. to Matthew meeting you and that connection mm -hmm. got him involved with us and now it's a full circle moment it kind of gives me goosebumps a little bit it's all about um, relationships yes it is this. rising yeah. up to connect to make change happen and just mm -hmm. transform Memphis and I know that's what we say all the time here mm -hmm. because it's kind of our tagline but it's so true and it's so beautiful to see it play out this way mm -hmm. and so I'm very curious you know how do you feel like your journey has been transformed the most by the people that have you've met along the way wow that is an incredible question Ooh. <laughs> um, no pressure my greatest influences have been people who walk this dual path that I'm talking that I was talking about where <clears throat> you do what you do professionally, mm -hmm. but you also carve out time to be involved. And involvement can occur at varying levels, but for me it's been, you know, board service, uh, leadership position civically, uh, being involved in political campaigns, just, you yeah. know, a lot of different things. Um, <clears throat> but walking that dual path, I think, has enriched my life both personally and professionally. Um, I've gone at relationships from that that I wouldn't have otherwise. And the greatest benefit is when you're able to leverage relationships professionally to help on the civic side, and sometimes you're able to leverage civic relationships to help on the professional side. Mm -hmm. And that is to me just a, a testament to those people who influenced me that I wanted to emulate mm -hmm. and that I hope people, young people look at me as someone who they can emulate um, so that we can continue to have that um, balanced leadership in our community. So just trying to be a good example yeah. at the end of the day. And, and as I, I say jokingly, but I really mean it <laughs> is I just do what I was raised to do. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that I grew up in a family that showered us with love mm -hmm. and exposure and expectation and all of them that are in heaven. I hope they see me and say, yeah. you know, he's doing what we raised them to do. I feel like that's a safe bet. 
I'm so. yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say that too. It's it, it makes me smile really and truly though because like hearing you say that again, I'm gonna kick it back to when we talked to Matthew a minute ago, mm-hmm. and he we asked him too about like what his hope is, and he was like, I hope that I'm the person that somebody wants to ask advice from. Yeah. When I like someday, someday that I've like garnered that, and I was like, <laughs> you and so you funny. and Daryl, yeah, match made in heaven. Y'all are. Yeah, that's so funny because now as I approach fifty. You know, I'm becoming that person, you mm-hmm. know, that, that people come to for advice and guidance yeah. and wisdom. And I'm thinking, wow, I know my gray hair is accelerating, <laughs> but, you know, sometimes you still see yourself as that 25-year-old, 30-year-old. always. Still think... figuring it out. But um, it was actually early this year that I said, you know what, I have to accept my status yeah. as a... A knowledge leader? An aging, yeah. <laughs> aging leader. Oh, my word. I love that I tried to pivot it to something where you're like, aging leader. I was about to say elder statesman, but I wasn't going to go that far. But I'm an aging, um, evolving leader who... Wise. You're just wise. Uh, yeah, wisdom. Wise. Yeah. Wisdom. We'll, we'll, we'll put it in that, wisdom. Uh, in that frame. But I think as an evolving leader, that is a... I'm glad you segued there because, you know, with talking to Matthew and everything, you are... Like you said, approaching 50. I'm not telling your age. You told yeah, it. Yeah, um, yeah. Own it. Yeah. Um, it's a privilege. Yeah. So as you're doing that, you're managing now these different gens in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm really curious for someone like you, like, what is the approach you take to managing Gen Z, millennials and beyond in the workplace at your at, at, in your place? That's yeah. an incredible question, too. Uh, it is so interesting to see the difference in generations it's astounding quite frankly it's become like a new passion project of mine and it's 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 taken over a little bit of the podcast so i apologize listeners but like i'm loving this i'm loving the like tell us what you've seen yeah it's fun in that um the it's almost like in my generation we we grew up with like certain pressures Mm -hmm. like you know don't do this, do that, you know, people are always watching you um, carry yourself this way, don't do, you know, Mm -hmm. all the do's and don'ts. And it seems like this generation is, has grown up with such um, broad latitude. Yep. It's a polite way to say it. That is a polite (laughs) way to say it. That um, it seems like everything to them is just like friendships, like, you know, my parents' friends are my friends, mm-hmm. and yada, you know, just that whole thing, and hierarchies and authorities. It gets exist. way more muddier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's yeah, it's muddy. And their uh, expectation of results and success it, it, today immediately. Yeah, it's immediate. Like I want what you have right now, regardless of whether it took you 20, 25 years to get there or not. So, you know, I appreciate that because it just represents a certain boldness. Yeah, it's like a vigor that is, yeah. I respect. And I'm somewhat envious of it in a, a way. Retweet, like, you know Daryl. Retweet. Christy and I have talked about this, As too. As a 25-year-old, why wasn't I that way? Yeah. You know? Because that was our answer, too. We were like, we can't hate him because we ain't him. Yeah. I mean, come I, on. Exactly. Like, That's a great phrase. I'll have to steal that one. I mean. Um, but it's great because what I've learned that we're able to do <clears throat> is sort of impart wisdom and at least give them some guardrails. So you can have your latitude. Absolutely. But let's keep it within these bounds so that we don't go off the road. Mm -hmm. And 
most of my experience has been that they're you know receptive and open to that. They 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 look up to us. I mean, I have a 23 year old nephew, and so I just imagine that every young person I deal with is him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and think, okay, I'm talking to Trey right now, so let me you know let me change my paradigm yeah. on uh, mm-hmm. this conversation. Shift my brain. <laughs> but they want to do well. They want to make us proud. They want to be successful, mm-hmm. and I think um, the the marrying of our experience and their experience, because we all know they can do things and know things that we have no idea Absolutely. about, um, technology and otherwise. So, <clears throat> if you can if you can harness it within an organization, it's the best mm-hmm. of both worlds, I think. I think so, too. And I think not prescribing a right or wrong mentality to it. Mm -hmm. It's not right or wrong. It's just different. Mm -hmm. The way they walk through the world is different for a plethora of reasons Mm -hmm. and and things they've had access to that I didn't. And in turn, my parents who are in their early 50s did not like it's just different. And I think we've had a young HR professional, Shelly, here um, previously in episode, and we spoke very much to that about how as the workforce is changing and shifting, Mm -hmm. it's more about what you're speaking to. It's about understanding, coming to the table to realize, okay, this is what I can offer you, but you got to meet me in the middle. That's right. So. Well, I'll tell you, since, um, since the pandemic, you know, all these Zooms and Hangouts and all this, you know, stuff that was foreign to us before, we've all become experts at now, regardless of age yep. and generation. And, um, you know, it's been a battle in my house to cut the direct TV cord because <laughs> everything is an app on your TV now where mm-hmm. you can curate your own experience. So why are we paying $300 in these young folks figured that out years ago. Yep. I mean, (laughs) that's such a good example of the way that, like, I feel like Gen Z approaches life. Like, why have all the noise when we can just curate our own experience? And all of us back here are like, wait, you need the noise. You need, you need to to pay your dues with the noise. (laughs) (laughs) We had noise, so you have to have noise too. And you know, that landline phone still sitting there? I mean, and so, yeah, it's, it's just, it's wild and it's interesting and it's truly become, like something that I am fascinated by and like seek out to just see the differences in, which is really interesting to me. Thank you so much for being here. Bye. What a episode. I mean, I feel like every time we come back from one, that's the first thing out of my mouth because I'm just sitting here processing. What a great episode. I'm like, what? (laughs) What an episode. I need time to process. But truly it is This episode was one of those wonderful, like, synergy moments where we get to see, like, live in in color where Mm -hmm. the New Memphis work makes an impact in our city. And that's what I think makes it such a fun episode for Christy and I to both be able to, like, see firsthand and for Mm y'all to listen Mm -hmm. to is that we really do talk a lot about how connections make or break a city and how the people of our city are its most important asset. And... Both Daryl and Matthew are proof of that, and their connection to one another and their passion for our city is Mm -hmm. turning their love of Memphis into action, which is what New Memphis is truly all about. Yeah, like transforming Memphis through the power of connection is not just, I know it's a tagline, it's something that we say, and you hear me and A.T. Wax poetic about our work 
truly all the time. It's literally our job. Um, but to hear other people not only echo the sentiments we have, but honestly speak to our work in such a powerful way, it's kind of humbling. It makes us sit here and remember why it is we do the work we do every day. It makes you get those like big puppy dog eyes yeah. that you see in like those old velvet paintings where you're just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. how wonderful. And I'm just like, I need a hanky. This is so great. And like, it's like tears of yes, joy. It's, it's just, just, it's working. It's, it's all, it's it all is, happening. It's a full circle moment as we've kind of said and it's just so cool to see how it impacts our city for the long haul and guys speaking of new memphis is such a great institution we don't just say that because we work here we say that because you have heard from live talent today that has an involvement with us and i guarantee you almost any room you go into in this city you will find a new memphian like it is insane at it really is i mean the longer I work here, the more I realize, like, how far-reaching, yes. um, like, our alumni are. And it's because we've been around for so many decades, which is such a lovely thing. Absolutely. And speaking of that, we are celebrating our LDI 25th. So what does that mean? It is such an exciting year because the Leadership Development Intensive, which you heard earlier in this episode, Mr. Daryl Cobbins has been through, uh, which we so commonly refer to as the LDI. It is New Memphis' flagship program, and we are celebrating, as you may have surmised from this, its 25th anniversary, and it's happening this year. So we have so many fun things in store, but most importantly, we need to give a shout out to our wonderful wonderful partners and sponsors who have made this work able to happen. So it's a long list. Get ready to hear. You ready? Regional One Health, Baker Donaldson, MAA, Pickering Firm, Cargill, Adams Keegan, Nextair, Datafax, Fogelman Property Management, Donovan Enterprises, Waddell and Associates, CBiz, and LRK. And I think that's it for today, AT. Woohoo! This week's episode was made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com.